Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Welcome to this episode of Born of Wonder, our fourth episode here being released on February 2nd, which means that it is Groundhog Day! Get up and shake my heart out! (laughs) If you are as big of a fan of this movie as I am, you will know right away that this is a, a clip from Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell released back in 1993. So this movie is the story of Phil Connors, who is a pretty conceited, pretty selfish guy, uh, a weatherman for Channel 9 Pittsburgh, who has been assigned, as he has been in years past, much to his annoyance, to cover uh, the Groundhog Day ceremony in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, where the groundhog (laughs) decides whether or not we uh, have six more weeks of winter or if it's going to be an early spring. So this cynical and uh, jaded, very, very selfish man uh, is cursed, and we don't really know why or how. That's never explained, part of the charm of the movie, uh, to repeat this day, this day that he hates uh, so much over and over again uh, for uh, a pretty debated amount of time, but a very long time. Um, A lot of people say at least 10 years, but possibly something like 10,000. Uh, the screenplay was written by Danny Rubin, and uh, Rubin has said that in a Buddhist doctrine, it takes approximately 10,000 years for a soul to evolve to the next level. And he, uh, he cited that as sort of, you know, a possibility for Phil, basically, that maybe this was as long as 10,000 years. It took him that long to basically uh, learn about himself and to become a good person. Uh, This is a quote that uh, from Rubin who said, it became this weird political issue because if you ask the studio, how long was the repetition? They'd say two weeks. But the point of the movie to me was that you had to feel you were enduring something that was going on for a long time. For me, it had to be, I don't know, a hundred years, a lifetime. So in any case, this lengthy, lengthy time to repeat this single day uh, and uh, Phil changes a lot in the process, learns a lot about himself and falls in love. So this is a really charming, wonderful movie, really funny. You know, Bill Murray just just kills me. But uh, in addition to that, it's also a really thought-provoking movie, movie philosophically. It's been compared to Nietzsche's idea of eternal return, um, lots of Buddhist ideas about life cycles and um, reincarnation. Uh, there's even some speculation about a Christ figure um, in, in the groundhog. Not so sure about that interpretation. Um, certainly Sisyphus uh, rolling the boulder eternally only to watch it keep coming back down the mountain. Um, lots and lots and lots of, uh, of illusions there. Um, of course the studio and many of the writers maintain that they were just making sort of a funny charming movie. But that's, uh, that's the wonderful thing about, about this concept, is that it does open up all these questions uh, about time, about love, about meaning, and about um, 
about about the nature of our lives, how we define it. Do we define it by events or by people? And it's really only when Phil uh, is able to focus on other people and use his time, his endless time to help others that he is released from that endless cycle. So this episode, I'm going to be going through the movie, focusing in on different points in Phil's journey and what we can learn. Uh, Maybe we are all feeling a little bit like we have been experiencing some form of Groundhog Day over the past year during uh, COVID-19 with periods of quarantine and lockdowns and constantly changing rules and a certainly very diminished social calendar, Um, many of us working from home. uh, We've definitely had to rearrange the way that we think of time and think of um, what defines our lives because a lot of the outward outward displays of of uh, continuity have been taken away from us. Um, a lot of the gatherings, a lot of the events, uh, weddings and baptisms and funerals uh, have changed if they're happening at all. And uh, a lot of these markers that define our lives are, aren't there anymore. So maybe we are feeling a little bit like we are in a Groundhog Day. So I'm hoping that we can learn something from this movie. I'm hoping that um, maybe we'll watch it, <laughs> be inspired to watch it today. I, th- I always think it's a great way to celebrate Groundhog Day. I'm certainly um, not going to go uh, find a groundhog and dig him out of his hole. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have plenty of foxes, though, plenty of raccoons, but I don't think that they hold the same uh, weather-seeing uh, powers that groundhogs do, so um, it wouldn't be wouldn't be much point there. So... And as you can see from uh, my topic choice today on this podcast on Born of Wonder, uh, we feel free to explore pretty much anything that inspires wonder, awe, and gratitude, Uh, just anything that keeps us engaged uh, actively with the world and gets us thinking about big concepts and big ideas, especially in the realms of art, literature, and theology. So I'm Katie Marquette. Thank you for tuning in. And if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, I would so appreciate if you went on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and left a review. Uh, New podcasts are very much at the mercy of uh, these algorithms, and uh, they really rely on reviews. If a podcast isn't getting reviews, it's not showing up in searches. It's harder for people to find. So if you you have been enjoying the podcast, please just take a moment, um, give it a star rating, and if you have a little bit of time, just a sentence or two comment. I definitely read all of them and uh, would really appreciate your input. So without further ado, let's go going on today's topic, uh, time, meaning, purpose, love, and Groundhog Day. Hey, Phil! Phil, over here! Where have you been? It was horrible. A giant leech got me. You're missing all the fun. These people are great. Some of them have been partying all night long. They sing songs till they get too cold, and then they go sit by the fire, and they get warm, and then they come back, and they... Sing some more. Yeah, they're hicks, Rita. So, you sleep okay without me? You tossed and turned, didn't you? You're incredible. Who told you? Oh, it's Groundhog time. So what kind of person is Phil Connors? Uh, as I said earlier, he is a pretty selfish guy. Um, I do love his uh, sarcastic sense of humor, but he's completely self-involved, uh, very judgmental. Um, you can hear him here. He's at this local festival 
and uh, his producer Rita, who is uh, the character that Andy McDowell plays, is just sort of charmed by everybody having such a good time and uh, enjoying enjoying hanging out with everybody. And uh, he's he's just standing at a distance, judging them, saying, "You know, they're hicks, Rita. <laughs> Why are you so fascinated by these people? You know, what's so interesting about them?" Uh, and he, you know, he's he's rude to the cameraman. Larry uh, makes fun of him, makes fun of Rita. Uh, thinks she's sort of this naive uh, deer in the headlights type. <laughs> so the next morning he is uh, greeted by the same uh, Sonny and Cher song and uh, he thinks that they have made a mistake. They're playing yesterday's tape or something, but it pr pretty quickly becomes clear uh, as he runs into old classmates like Ned Ryerson. Ned! Ryerson! Um, and others on his way to the festival that um, and as he sees that the snow from the big blizzard has melted, uh, he realizes that something very strange is going on. Well, it's Groundhog Day, again. So once Phil has sort of gotten over the shock of what is happening and s somewhat accepted that he is going to be repeating this day over and over again, he uh, starts asking how is he supposed to spend this time? Let me ask you guys a question. What if there were no tomorrow? No tomorrow. That would mean there would be no consequences. There would be no hangovers. We could do whatever we wanted. Oh. That's true. We could do whatever we want. And uh, the first phase of, uh, of how he deals with this eternal loop is basically very consistent with his character in that he's going to use it to have as good a time as possible. He learns about uh, the women in the town, learns, uh, learns their names and, and things about them so that he can seduce them in following days. He uh, recklessly drives a car into mailboxes. He gets drunk. He eats uh, sweets at the diner, um, just a t life of total indulgence because as he sees it, uh, the consequences are um, pretty much nothing. Uh, nothing changes every, every single day. He wakes up in the morning, uh, he's perfectly fine. And uh, then we get into um, a bit of a darker uh, period for Phil where he actually tries to kill himself over and over again in a variety of ways, a variety of terrible ways. He, um, you know, he drops a toaster into the bathtub, he jumps off a building, uh, and in one of the best scenes, he, um, he takes a, he steals the groundhog in a truck and uh, flies over a cliff. So that's a pretty, pretty fantastic scene there. There is no way that this winter is ever going to end as long as this groundhog keeps seeing his shadow. I don't see any other way out. He's got to be stopped. And I have to stop him. Hey! Hey, what are you doing? Hey! Hey! Hey, get the word out! Somebody kidnapped Bill! We're going after him! That's not bad for a quadruped. You gotta check your mirrors. Just side of your eye. Side of your eye. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry.
we mustn't keep our public waiting, huh? It's showtime, Fields. Be okay. Well, no, probably not now. So even as we're laughing at these suicide attempts, uh, it's pretty hard not to see how dark of a place Phil has come to. Um, at one point, he says that he's died so many times he doesn't even think that he exists anymore. And this is when we get to a bit of a theological moment uh, and he's thinking, maybe I'm God. Maybe I am <laughs> have some sort of divine powers. You know, maybe I can, I can control things. Uh, I clearly have some sort of gift, uh, a gift or a curse or something, but there's something otherworldly going on here. So um, at this point, this is when he, he tries to explain to Rita what's going on. I'm sorry, what was that again? I'm a God. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry waffles. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you to believe in me. You're not a god. You can take my word for it. This is 12 years of Catholic school talking. I could come back if you're not ready. How do you know I'm not a god? <laughs> oh, please. How do you know? Because it's not possible. I'll come but during this time of, uh, of trying to kill himself and uh, seducing women and uh, eating lots of sweets at the diner, um, he's also gotten to know Rita very well. And he's uh, taken her out on dates and, um, you know, he's actually, he's starting to fall in love with her is what's going on. And uh, a lot of the things that he was judgmental about before um, that he saw as naive, uh, he's realized uh, make her a very good and beautiful person. So um, the, his, his relationship with Rita is really s part of the turning point for him because he wants to be somebody who is worthy of her. What about me, Phil? Do you know me too? I know all about you. You like producing, but you hope for more than Channel 9 Pittsburgh. Well, everyone knows that. You like boats, but not the ocean. You go to a lake in the summer with your family up in the mountains. There's a long wooden dock and a boathouse with boards missing from the roof. And a place you used to crawl underneath to be alone. You're a sucker for French poetry and rhinestones. You're very generous. You're kind to strangers and children. And when you stand in the snow, you look like an angel. And he realizes that, uh, unlike with some of these other people he meets, um, he can't manipulate her. He can't. Uh, she doesn't fall for it. Uh, she doesn't buy it. Uh, she's not going to. She's not going to be with him unless it's the, unless it's the real thing. So, that's sort of what motivates him, I think, to start 
looking uh, at this time as a way to say, you know, there's a lot of things that I could get better at. Um, because Rita says that she wants a man who plays an instrument. So when he hears uh, piano music at the diner, he finds a local piano teacher and kicks out some poor student. And uh, he starts piano lessons and he becomes a wonderful pianist. Um, he learns how to ice sculpt. He learns all these skills. Um, he becomes the sort of man that Rita could fall in love with. He also uses this time um, to get to know the people of the town. He knows them really, really well. Uh, he learns their stories and he uh, takes time every single day to save them from bad situations. He, he catches a, a kid who's falling out of a tree. He um, saves someone from choking in a restaurant. He helps some old ladies uh, when their tire goes flat. He uses all this time to help people um, instead of just focusing on himself. And one of the most uh, thought-provoking storylines is there's an old man, an old homeless man, who uh, basically who dies on Groundhog Day every every night, and Phil makes it his mission to try to save him. Uh, he spends a lot of time, um, you know, trying to get him food. He takes him to the hospital, and um, he has to kind of accept that he isn't a god. He can't control life and death, and. Uh, this old man is going to die no matter what happens. He can't fix everything and he can't save everybody. So that's an important takeaway as well. Sometimes people just die. Not today. And in the final scenes, we see Phil uh, basically a celebrity in the town, um, but what he's known for is not uh, being a famous weatherman or a famous newscaster, as maybe he imagined he would be famous one day. Uh, he's famous for uh, the good deeds in the town that he does every day. Of course, they don't know that he's doing them every day, but all they know is that this essentially stranger in town has taken time to get to know them. He has um, saved them from all sorts of calamities, and uh, he's at the sort of town festival in the evening, and he's playing a jazzy Rachmaninoff, and uh, everybody is just blown away. The piano teacher is really bragging about him because he's only been taking lessons for a day, and he's amazing. <laughs> um, so this final, final moments here, um, we see Phil uh, come into his own um, only when he realizes that happiness is giving, giving yourself to other people and focusing your time on other people. And he is fully, you know, completely in love with Rita now, but he isn't trying to manipulate her anymore. It's enough for him just to, just, just to know her and, uh, and to love her. And it's then that she's able to fall in love with him because, um, he's no longer trying so hard and she can see, uh, what kind of man that he's become. It's amazing. It's beautiful. How did you do that? I know your face so well, I could have done it with my eyes closed. It's lovely. I don't know what to say. I do. No matter what happens tomorrow, or for the rest of my life, I'm happy now. Because I love you. I think I'm happy too.
So in that final scene there, um, Bill Murray, uh, Phil Connors, is ice sculpting Andy McDowell as Rita. And uh, you can see that he is just there, just happy to be in the moment. And that is sort of the the conclusion, uh, the moral of the story. And if we think of Thomas Aquinas's definition of love is to will the good of the other. Uh, I think that that is what Phil is learning throughout the course of the movie. Uh, he starts out um, very selfish and egotistical. He's trying to um, get something from people, trying to use them for his own means. Uh, he sort of then falls into despair uh, and, and tries to end his life and uh, has all sorts of existential questions about the meaning of, of living if uh, there's no time, if there's no time going forward. Uh, what point is there if there are no quote-unquote consequences? Uh, I, I definitely see him as in sort of a purgatory state. Uh, I imagine that, you know, purgatory, uh, the Catholic idea of... Um, a place uh, you think of it as sort of this gray in-between world uh, in between heaven and hell uh, where time stands still and where uh, souls need to figure out basically what is keeping them from uh, from from eternal joy what is keeping them from happiness what is keeping them from from love uh, something is is holding them back and in Phil's case we see that his own selfishness his ego uh, and ultimately his despair uh, hold him back from from experiencing actual love and it's only when he he wills the good of the other he wants what's best for Rita because he he truly loves her uh, that that time starts moving again <laughs> and uh, and they decide that they're gonna live in Puxitani you know you think maybe he'd want to go uh, want to go a thousand places but this town um, that he's known for a hundred or ten thousand years or many many lifetimes uh, he uh, he now loves very much, and he loves those those hicks that he was <laughs> making fun of in the beginning of the movie. So I think that uh, that the movie, while it's funny and lighthearted and um, heartwarming, it also gives us a lot to think about about what it means uh, when time stands still, and is there still meaning if time isn't moving, isn't moving the way we expect. And I think that the message here is that we can always find meaning, we can always find happiness in the moment, even if it's hard to see in the future, uh, even if we don't know if anything's going to change the next day, we can always say that, well, I'm happy now. And uh, that's all we can do. That's all we can do in the moment is to love people where they are and to help people where they are and to be satisfied in that. So I wish everybody a very happy Groundhog Day. We'll see if we have an early spring or not. Uh, I'm sure there are news outlets <laughs> covering. Uh, I, I assume that maybe there probably won't be many people to see the groundhog this year, but um, we'll all be anxiously awaiting uh, whether or not he sees his shadow. And uh, it's also important to note that, you know, yesterday was St. Bridget's Day, uh, which is uh, also was also a Gaelic uh, pagan festival day that was sort of the marking of spring. It was a it was a transitory phase of like this first signs of, 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 of spring. So this is definitely a movie and a day that takes place in a liminal space, an in-between space. And what we make of that in-between time ultimately has big consequences for how we are able to move and exist and love in the world. 
So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Um, I always recommend something at the end, and if you haven't seen Groundhog Day, that is my recommendation. I'm also going to play a little bit. Um, I'm going to have an upcoming podcast episode uh, that's going to talk a bit about uh, the idea of authentic festivity and celebration and uh, use Robert Burns and Burns Day, a, a tradition in Scotland, as an inspiration. And uh, I found this wonderful edition, um, rendition of a Robert Burns song, probably his most famous, called A Man for All That. And it's a beautiful message. It's a beautiful song. And uh, this is just a simple acoustic version uh, that you can find on YouTube. If you just look up Ryan Joseph Burns and look up A Man's A Man for All That, uh, you'll come up with it. I don't know if he's related to Burns. I know there are about 500 people uh, now who are related to Robert Burns, descendants of his. So uh, maybe even a descendant of him <laughs> is singing this. But it's a wonderful song and it's a wonderful message. Um, actually really relevant to what we've been talking about today. Um, and in the in the song, in the poem that uh, Robert Burns wrote, it's about, you know, what makes a good man, what makes an honest man. And it's not uh, all the pomp and circumstance and um, that there's sort of a dignity and to to the quiet life of uh, many poor men who still uh, have their integrity and who are kind to others. So that is certainly a message uh, that Groundhog Day teaches us. And I'll just leave you uh, with this beautiful song. I'll put it in the show notes so you can find it on YouTube. I'm Katie Marquette, and this is Born of Wonder. Thank you so much for listening. and stairs and all that Though hundreds worship at his word He's but a coof for all that For all that and all that His ribbon star and all that The man who had independent mind
He looks and laughs at all that. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 